and curator of the auditorium in Lapeer. What's up, everyone? How are you today? I'm biscuity, I guess. <laughs> you always are. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, All right. Uh, before. What's that? That how are you? Oh, I I'm fine. Um, before we get to our guest, uh, I should mention obviously. This is a little bit different look. We are not in the studio uh, due to the COVID rules. Um, uh, hopefully we will be back in the studio soon, um, sometime in the beginning of, of next year. Um, so before we get to our first guest, uh, we are going to get to the uh, segment of what you got and uh, we still don't have music for it but uh i think who went for, there you go who went first last time oh, who went first man. last time i, I don't remember you can go you know what I'll, I'll just go and get it out of the way okay uh because okay well i should point out that uh our our guest this week was supposed to be on in october that was going to be our halloween theme so just kind of consider this the Nightmare Before Christmas edition. And uh, one of, uh, well, it's, it's kind of up for debate, but um, I consider it a Christmas movie. Um, this is from, this is actually Gizmo from, I believe, 1982. I'm not sure who who made this. Uh, my, my eyes are getting bad. I can't read it. But um this was something that I had as a kid and I passed it on to my daughter and I just came across it the other day. So I took it back awesome. because she's got, she's got enough toys. Right. Uh, so anyway, that is uh, one thing. I don't remember if I got that as a gift or not, but anyway, Gizmo from 1982. And, uh, and then just one other thing that I want to show because it'll go along with our theme. Uh, I'm not a huge card collector. I did have some when I was when I was a kid, but um, I just recently picked up this uh, pack of Return of the Jedi cards from it would have been 1983, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. That's when the movie was out. But um, I'll just go through these real quick. Uh, you got a bunch of those guys. Then you got wait a minute. Leia as well. I think that's a sticker. That's a sticker. Nice. Uh, who, who uh, spoiler alert. If you haven't, well, I'll just say this. Watch The Mandalorian, uh, the last episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, then you got the Emperor shooting the lightning out of his fingers. I know you have no idea what I'm talking about, Kristen, but then you got uh, the Return of the Jedi. Doing, that's what matters. You got Return of the Jedi poster. Uh, Low Gray, the Ewok, Medicine Man. Nice. Uh, Scout Trooper. Uh, and a speeder bike. Uh, looks like a ATST shooting up the bunker. Nice. Luke, Leia, and Han on Andor. Okay. Uh, Leia, right after Han came out of the carbonite. And checklist, with the Ewok on it. And also, they threw in the place that I got this from. 
They also threw in a ET card. Oh, so there's Elliot yeah. and ET. Nice. And it did have gum, but I didn't. Oh, so there is my. No, 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 no. I, I thought about it. I did think about it, but uh, I thought that that probably was not the best idea since it was probably from 1983. Right. Uh, but anyway, that's what I got. Kristen, what you got? Well, like, it's nice because since I'm in my home, I can whip out, like, bigger things. So this is Buddy. Um, he died in the 40s. This is a death cast. He died in the 40s. He was nine years old. Um, his grandpa was a semi-famous sculptor. So when Buddy died, he asked the funeral home if he could do the whole process to make a death mask. And they had three of these made. Um, and the funniest part is they sold two of them. And the other one ended up going to another oddity shop owner um, in Detroit. So I can't even really? remember. I think it was like South Carolina or some that his family and he is from. Um, and it ended up in Michigan to oddity shop owners like what are the freaking odds of that yeah just saying creepy yeah, yeah, yeah. it is it that's is. funny <laughs> so how long have you had that um maybe like three years now okay and you keep that you keep that at home that's not something that you've had in your shop no no this is personal collection stuff right here okay he's he's, he's incredible <laughs> Yeah, that's, cool. that's what I got. Awesome. Now is that is that way a lot? It looks like it looks like it's kind of it's some plaster. Weight. Yeah. All right. It's cool. Little on the heavy side. Oh okay. All right. Cool. So that was what we got. And so without further ado, let's introduce our special guest this week, and it is Jack Magnus from jacksaddict.com who um does a lot of different things actually um is uh excuse me uh a graphic artist he, he has his own um t-shirts on his website um a lot of horror related stuff but not necessarily a lot of pro wrestling stuff a lot of um a lot of video game type stuff as well um also uh, well, I'll let him talk about it a little bit more. Jack, welcome to Collection Reflection. How are you? I am great. Thanks, Tim. Kristen, how are you? Good. How are you? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. This is actually a pretty cool honor, and I, I really appreciate it. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. We appreciate you coming on. I know that it was uh, a little bit, uh, you know, uh, coming because we had originally planned for Halloween, but stuff happened. Um, so, like I said, this will just be the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas edition instead. Yeah, um, I, I can roll with that. <laughs> all right. Uh, my first question that I want to ask you is, uh, not that everything you do is probably related, but you do a lot of, like, custom-type type toys, not type things. So uh, what were some of your favorite toys as a kid? Uh, when I was a kid, He-Man was huge. I remember going to birthday parties and um, that was the toys that I would always give to the kids that I would go to birthday parties for. And those are the ones that I would always want as well. And um, I was always drawn to the bad guys because they're always so much more interesting than the heroes. 
usually the heroes are very uh, human-based characters, and the villains were always some sort of a monster of some kind, and that kind of just spoke to me. So He-Man was huge, uh, Voltron, Transformers, G.I. Joe, I mean, any of that stuff that was like from the early 80s through the, through the like late 80s was my sweet spot of, of toys. Okay, yeah, my, my I remember buying my very first T-Man toy, and I had seen him in the Christmas catalog, uh, but uh, it was Beastman, and because uh, I thought he was like the coolest one at the time for the first series. But uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting that you mentioned all those properties because I was just down the toy aisle actually earlier today at Walmart, and all that same stuff is still on the shelves. You can still find new he-man stuff new transformer stuff new voltron stuff and new gi joe stuff yeah uh what's old is new again and what i like is they're they're reproducing them in the same format that they were originally made a lot of times like in the 90s and 2000s they would have like this reflux of new gi joes or or new transformers but they would be like a modernized version a bastardized version if you will and these ones that they have out now are like on retro packaging they look like the same exact molds the same colors i mean it's it's awesome yeah i agree with you um i have not bought any of the new he-man stuff but i bought some of the other stuff uh i bought a few of the new uh six inch gi joe figures so far even though they're not exactly like the old ones but uh but they're pretty cool. I'm yeah, surprised they're, they're... there's new He-Man stuff. Like, don't they normally, like, is He-Man back? Is the show back or something? Like, don't that... they normally make toys based off, like, current movies or shows or whatnot? You know what um, I, Jack might know better than me. As far as I know, there is none of that right now. Um, no, no, yeah, and usually that's what happens. Yeah, Chris, and whenever there's some sort of revival of a of a cartoon or a TV show, then that's when they put out the merchandise. But with He-Man, there was nothing like that. And same thing with G.I. Joe. Um, and even even the, the Ghostbusters retro toys that they're putting out. I don't know if there's, I think it's just the, the market right now is just, you have these people who, when they were, when those toys were popular in the 80s, are now maybe buying them for their own children or just... Or like, hey, I remember having this, and now with the collectible market, I mean, I can't go out and buy an, a glow-in-the-dark Egon Spengler for less than you know seven hundred dollars, but I can go to Walmart and pick one up for twenty bucks. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as far as far as that goes, I haven't really heard. I think there was some rumblings at one point recently about them maybe making a new He-Man live-action film. Uh, which, if any film needs a, a remake, I think that that is it. Yeah, that, that first one with Dolph Lundgren, they tried, but yeah, I mean, looking back on it now, it's it's pretty pretty rough. But yeah, I think after the what Marvel has done with the translation from comics to film, I don't think there's any property out there now that can't be made into a successful film franchise. Yeah, oh yeah. I definitely agree with that. Um, now, did you have have you always remained a toy collector? But at some or at some point, did you start getting back into it as an adult? 
Um, yeah, actually, I I was all the way up until I uh, I moved out of state for college, and I kind of had to pare a lot of stuff down. And where I was living out of state, there just wasn't a market for it. Um, I got really into comic books at that point and video games, but I was I kind of fell off the toy bandwagon. But once I finished up with college and came back to Michigan, got my own place, I was able to really start focusing on toy collecting again and um, you know, still still continued on with comics to a certain extent. Um, but just the way comics are nowadays, you have to buy 15 different issues to follow one storyline and they're constantly retconning things. And so I don't really follow superhero comics so much anymore. I like the more horror based or, or like real life type comics and uh, still follow and collect video games quite a bit. Okay. What's, excuse me, what's your favorite current comic? Oh, geez. I'm not even, honestly, I would have to probably say, something's killing the children it's an independent comic is yeah it's uh it's a it's a kind of a supernatural twinged um like a teen type of horror comic sounds interesting okay yeah there's well and that's the thing there's a lot of stuff out there that flies beneath the radar that just has really really good stories and that's kind of what i look for is uh, I'm not so much buying comics anymore to to collect like I did when I was younger. It's like, oh, I'll just put this in a bag and a board, put it on a shelf, and never touch it. It's like I want I want interesting storylines that kind of take me someplace. That makes sense. Yeah, I I, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I I kind of I actually went to the comic book store probably the first time in about six months recently, but. I mean, I have a I have a box that he pulls stuff with, and there was really nothing in the box because all the comics that I was reading are kind of done at this point. So, you know, I but I honestly like I haven't even read anything. Like, if I get them, you know, I'll go and pick them up, and then I'll just I, I sock them away. I, I don't even really read them anymore. But I had gotten to that point too, where uh, um, where I was just looking more for for something to read than, um, than like the normal, like superhero comic stuff. Um, I, I did, I do have to say that I did kind of jump on the, uh, the, uh, walking dead wagon, like quite a bit before, quite a bit before. I mean, I, you know, I was reading the comics quite a ways before they decided to make it into a TV show. Um, and then, you know, I watched the first couple seasons of the TV show and then I kind of, kind of drifted away from that. But, um, I, I think I did collect like almost all of those. Yeah, if know. you like the if you like the uh, Walking Dead comics, you need to check out Marvel Zombies, the first run of Marvel Zombies, because have, it was written by Robert Kirkman. Yes, I have quite a few of those, and I also had the uh, the run of the uh, Robert Kirkman Ant Man, which I loved too. Um, I don't know if you would have read that, but. But that was a that was an interesting take on Ant Man, and it was definitely different than than what uh, than what Marvel was doing at the time. But uh, yeah, I was a big big Kirkman fan, um, and then even going back before that, uh, I, I just picked up Preacher Number One back in when it was on the shelf way back in the in the nineties, and uh, continued on with that one for a while. That that was 
uh, at the time, especially, that was a very different story. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but I never, I watched like the first two episodes of the series and I was just out. I just, I don't know why. <laughs> I just, I couldn't hang with it. But. Yeah. There's, um, there's certain shows that are certain comics that are really hard to adapt, especially stuff that deals with uh, any type of religious undertones or, or overt violence and, I'm really surprised that Walking Dead did as well as it did the TV show. Yeah, I, I remember when they first started talking about that. I was like, "This, this can't last." But yeah. I thought they did a decent job of it. I mean, and they were able to get away with more than I thought. I'm yeah, there. absolutely. I'm a fan. I'm a Walking Dead fan, not the comics, but the show. Yeah, no, it, yeah, the show is great in and of itself. So the show good. is great, but if you've read the comics, you're like, oh, this this is different, and it was better yeah, in the comic. That. There are some things that are definitely better in the show. I mean, certain characters are just uh, yeah that aren't in the comics. Like Daryl, Daryl's not in the comics, and he's a great character. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, did you, Kristen? Did you stay with Walking Dead the whole time? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. It's on Netflix. And I actually, because I ran out of stuff to watch on Netflix. So I went ahead and started the the watching, started the Walking Dead all over again because it came out. I mean, that was probably in like 2011 or 13, I feel like when it came out, you know. So now I'm rewatching all these seasons and it's new to me again. You know, oh, I forgot about that character. Oh, you know. So it's, yeah, yeah. I'm about who's it. your who's your favorite character on The Walking Dead, Kristen? Listen, I always <laughs> say if a zombie apocalypse happens, like I've I'm a picker, so I'm out picking all the time. I've been looking for me a badass sword for the long like I will be Michonne, okay? Nice. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so so probably Mich- I mean I love Daryl, I love Michonne. I think Carol's a badass. There's just they're all so they're all so good. Yeah, a lot of the characters on there are written really well, especially Carol. I mean, to watch her arc from season one to where she's at now is amazing. Yeah, she, yeah, it's so, yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, I mean, I've probably four or five seasons. And I mean, so, so I was there, but the only reason that I, I didn't is because I got rid of cable. I probably would have stayed with it too. I, it was right. Uh, no, I canceled Netflix too. Mm, that's a humdinger. Yeah, I, I, I will, I will re-up it when some of my other shows come back. On it. But uh, all right, let's get back on track a little bit. Okay. Um, so, like, like I said, a lot of these questions were from back in October when we originally had this plan. So, uh, my next question for Jack is: Were you a big Halloween fan when you were when you were younger? Yeah, absolutely. Halloween was that one time a year where I felt like this is right. You know, the and not only I mean, maybe just the fall season in general has that feeling about it where it doesn't feel like that any other time of the year where there's this there's this weird feeling in the air and it's crisp and it's cool and it's just got that smell that it doesn't smell like any other time of the year. And Halloween always had that feeling about uh, there was like something amazingly charming about it, but also like this underlying danger too, which was really attractive to me. Where it was just this this feeling of 
anything could happen and it might not be something good. And I really, for some reason, was always drawn to that. I think that in this day and age, well, maybe not so much in 2020, but in general, we don't live with enough fear. You know, as human beings, we've really tried to insulate ourselves from all things that scare us or make us uncomfortable. And I always try to like seek that out when I was younger. I just like that feeling. I think it's the same reason people like to go to amusement parks. It's a controlled fear. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I was a bigger Halloween fan as an adult. Um, I, I don't know why. I mean, I, I had nothing against it, but I, I had talked about this on a previous show. It, I think it was just because it wasn't a whole lot of focus put on it in, in my family. Like, and not that they were anti it or anything, but it would be like the last minute, I'd be like, hey, it's Halloween tomorrow, mom. And then she'd like make make up some costume and some of them weren't the best. Uh, so so like, I didn't really catch on to that until a little bit later. <clears throat> and it's just amazing. Here's one thing that's that, you know, Kristen's probably grown up with this, but, um, and I, I'm not sure how old you are, but uh, when I was a kid anyway, like the stuff, the accessibility of the stuff and the affordability of the stuff nowadays is is so much better than what they had when I was a kid. Like if you wanted a rubber mask, I mean, you can go to pretty much any place now and get a rubber mask off the rack that's decent quality. I mean, when we were kids uh, or when I was a kid, the rubber masks were, were really expensive and, um, and you definitely did not have the excess. I mean, there was no such thing as a spirit Halloween. I know that's Kristen's daughter's favorite store. And, my daughter likes it too, but um, but uh, do you find that Jack to be yeah, the case? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm in that same boat as you folks. I'm 42. So uh, when I was younger, as a you know a young teen, trying to go and find decent Halloween costumes was a, a bit of a struggle. Um, we actually had to drive about 30 miles um, to the next the, the nearest big city, and there was a, it was in Bay City. And there was this costume shop called Camille's Costumes. And that was like the only place where you could find really decent stuff. And I remember buying my first Michael Myers mask there and just being like, this is this is the Mecca. And they would have all kinds of costumes. And yeah, like you were saying, the accessibility of stuff now is ridiculous, especially with the Internet. So, yeah, when you're when you're younger, you're kind of uh, you're kind of forced to take the hand that's dealt to you as far as Halloween costumes and accessories and such. It's whatever you can find in the, the five mile area where you can bike to. But as you get older, that kind of, that world opens up to you more. Yeah. Did you, do you have a favorite costume that you had when you were a kid? Anything that sticks out? Yeah, probably that first year that I wore the Michael Myers costume because it was something that you grow up watching in the movies. And when you finally are able to kind of step into those shoes, there's a weird sense of, of, of power that comes along with it, which is really strange where you, you start to feel like uh, you, you start, you, you notice that you start mimicking the mem the mannerisms and, and you don't talk as much and you start to kind of, that character starts to, uh, to take over a little bit, which, which is intriguing, but also I think maybe a little scary. Yeah. So, so this year, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the misfits masks that they sell now, the vacuum formed ones, I don't have it handy, but I just, 
I really didn't have a plan to even dress up, but my daughter was wanting me to dress up. So I, I threw, I threw the mask on and pulled the hood over my head. People were scared. There were like adults that were like coming out of their houses and they, and like I was standing back and they were like, Oh, <laughs> like just the way that mask looks. I think it's the way the eyes are. Uh, just because you're a big dude, Tim. <laughs> that's probably got a little to do with it, but, but you know, it's, uh, but those masks, people were like legitimately scared and kids were walking by. I almost felt bad because kids were walking by, like looking up at me, like, like, Oh, what's this guy doing? You know, that's what I'm saying. If you were just a kid wearing that mask, kids wouldn't be scared, but you're a, you're a big dude wearing that mask. Yeah, maybe. It's probably terrifying. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and the crimson ghost, it, that's, it does have a really odd and weird quality to it. It's not like a normal skull. It's got like this bigger kind of, elongated mouth and yeah the eyes are really really creepy so yeah it's it's a it's a very striking image yeah yes it worked it worked very well um you know even my daughter was scared of me by the end nice <laughs> she was scared of the mask she's still scared uh, <laughs> we had a discussion on a previous show about what the worst halloween candy of all time is um, and I just want to get your opinion on that before I tell you what our consensus was. Oh, it's, that's easy. It's a two-way tie between uh, circus peanuts and those uh, those those black and orange wrapped. I don't even know what they are. They're called Mary butter. Jane's. Maybe they're butter. Yeah, something. Yeah, those things are awful. Yeah. Yeah, they were like in the wax paper. <laughs> Peanut butter kisses. Yep. I think is the official name, but yeah, they're disgusting. Yeah. yeah, they yeah they're awful, and and for some reason I've never liked circus peanuts. I don't know if it's the flavor or the texture or both, but yeah, I hate those. Yeah, yeah, that that's what we uh, we had, we were talking to Retro Gogo, and that's that's what we all came up with too. Um, it's been a long time since I've had them, but yeah, those, they are they are pretty pretty disgusting. So that that ended up being our our number one as well. Yeah, yeah. Even as a kid, when you're sorting through your candy Halloween night, those are the ones you just like. You'd push off to your younger brother and say, "Here, you can have these." Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, uh, as as far as your artistic abilities go, were you uh, did did you have those at at an early age, or did those kind of come on come on later on? Tim, can I interrupt you? Yes. I feel Anytime. like Jack needs to give us just an overall, cons I don't think consensus is the word, but an overall whatever of like what he does, what his website's about. You know what I'm saying? Good idea. Yeah. Okay. okay let's do that. Um, the viewers like, you know. You're, yeah, yeah, you're right. right. Thanks, Kristen. Uh, yes. Yeah. Jacks-attic.com. So jacksattic.com. It's kind of like my online portfolio. Uh, there's pages on there that show my t-shirt work, my graphic design work where I've done uh, posters for independent movies, uh, Blu-ray cases, DVD cases, VHS cases, um, of my own artwork. Um, there's trading cards that I've made on there, bootleg action figures, um, designer toys. Uh, so a little bit of everything. It's kind of a mishmash of all the stuff that growing up that I wish I had at the time or wish someone would make. And eventually I just got to the point where it's like, I'll just make it myself. And if I'm the only one entertained by this, then so be it. But there's there's a, a kind of a niche audience for 
this kind of uh, this Venn diagram of of horror movies, wrestling, and in video games that kind of all come together. We have this very small subsection of uh, of a very particular nerd that's okay. into all of that stuff. And right. so, okay. um, so okay. yeah, yeah. So yeah, but um, well, I'm sorry. What was the question? Uh, you pretty much answered it. Like okay. what, what your website is about yeah. and okay. like, yeah. overall what you do. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, oh, that art, yeah, artistic. Yeah, as, yeah, as a kid, yeah, I was um, drawing a lot. Um, I remember one of the earliest things my mom saved, and it's really weird. Um, I would, when I was a kid, I would always go with her when she would go shopping, and she would go off and do her shopping and leave me in the toy section or the comic book section. You know, stuff that you would never do nowadays with your kids, but. You know, it's like, okay, he'll be fine. I'll be 45 minutes tooling around the store. He'll be fine with the toys and the comic books. And I would always read through the comic books. And I remember reading through a lot of Swamp Thing comics when I was really young. And I'm thinking it was probably around the time that Grant Morrison was writing it. And it was like really, really dark stuff. And I remember going home one day after that and drawing this really odd picture of, of like this weird zombie kind of like on his knees praying. And there's like a, a window behind them with lightning in the window and it says possessed people. And it's like, I have no idea what it means or where it came from, but it was just kind of like this weird concoction of these horror images that I saw in the comics and my mom kept it for some reason. And so even at a young age, I was really drawn to darker stuff and, and I might not have been like the best like artist, but I was always trying to put stuff out. And then once I got to a certain age where I can fine tune things and, kind of get at least some of what I had in my head out into the world, that's when things really started to take off where I was able to do like Photoshop and start making resin molds of action figures and stuff where it was not so much co-opting someone else's design, but actually putting my own designs out there. Okay. So what? when did you, because Jack's Attic's been around since, uh, 2009 is that correct yeah yeah and it, it actually the whole jack's attic thing started um because the name came from a story that was going to be a part of one of the the items that i was going to sell like i originally wanted to make like spirit boards like like homemade ouija boards and they would be hand carved out of wood and then screen printed um but i realized that i god awful at screen printing and it's very messy and it's not very forgiving so uh but the story behind it was uh that the original spirit board that i found was in my uncle jack's attic and he had been in the war and he had been uh, he had saved some gypsy in europe and they had given him this this spirit board as a as a means of thanks and so i found it in his in his attic after he passed away and now i was going to kind of reproduce these boards and sell them um, and then once that didn't work out, I just I kept the name, adopted the name Jack, and then started making my own stuff. And it started off with uh, like like jewelry, resin jewelry, and then from the resin jewelry started going into resin figures, making you know real small unarticulated pieces all the way up to magnetically articulated like eight inch figures, and then from there going into like more traditional graphic design work with trading cards and posters and such. Okay. Um, <clears throat> now do you, 
do you collect any other like knockoff figures or, or do you just create your own? I do collect um, <laughs> as much as, uh, as I sometimes don't want to, because right now the world is like, is full of really, really, really good, like bootleg designer toy artists that put my stuff to absolute shame and I, I begrudgingly support it because their stuff's really cool, but also makes me insanely jealous that someone can make something so awesome. So I do buy from time to time. Um, I try not to because uh, it's it's a bit of a pride thing. But when there is something that's really cool, I'll pick it up because uh, it, I think it's good to support the artists and support that community because a lot of those guys, especially right now with the way the world is, a lot of these guys, that's probably you know their only source of income. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like, I mean, I'm surprised at, I, I like, I don't know how that works as long as with like transformers and stuff. There's like so many different companies that make transformers and they, they just change the name and they get away with it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but uh, a lot of, yeah, I've, I've actually gotten cease and desist letters. I've got cease and desist letters from fun world. They're the company that makes the Scream mask. So they own the copyright to the Scream mask. And there was a figure, a bootleg figure that I was going to put out that was based off of the Ghostface figure. And once I started putting out some promotional material, they sent me a cease and desist email. Um, I've also gotten cease and desist letters from the WWE because I was going to put out a Ric Flair figure. So depending on the company, um, some of them don't care. Some of them are just like, it would be too much money to go off after someone so small that they just don't care. I put out bootleg figures of Michael Myers, Leatherface, Freddy, and have never had any issues with, with you know, Miramax or, or New Line or whoever owns the rights to those. But there are some companies that are just any little infringement and they're on top of you. Wow. So how do you... Well, actually, let's, uh, let's see some of the some of the stuff that that you got i know that you you brought some stuff that you wanted to show us as well um, yeah um it's it's i don't really have a whole lot of i mean there's a couple things that i've made that i'll show you but for the most part it's just stuff from my collection that um and some of it i've put on social media before but um some of the stuff that i just it's part of the like the inner circle of my collection so to speak i mean i don't believe in having like a holy grail of collecting because i think it's always good to keep chasing um, because once you do get that, that grail, then it's like, okay, now what? Um, so I think it's always good to just kind of keep buying stuff and hunting things down that you like that, you know, you can afford and makes you feel something. And so, yeah, I'll show you some of the stuff that I have and kind of give you a little bit of a, a tour of this, this room that I'm in right now. It's kind of like my, my den slash hobby room and, um, kind of talk about some of the stuff that's around. So. Let me uh, let me switch things around and get the lights, and uh, I'll show you guys what I got. Okay. <clears throat> so I know you were talking about Halloween costumes, and uh, you were uh, Crimson Ghost for Halloween this year. This was actually my Halloween costume. It was uh, Rick from Splatterhouse, the original Splatterhouse, where um, 
his mask was essentially just a Friday the 13th mask, but um, they uh, changed it just enough to kind of get around the censors. I know in the United States, they had to color his mask like pink to avoid getting sued oh. by Paramount and Friday the 13th. <laughs> so, um, oh, okay. some of the stuff here, this is, this is one of my favorite pieces and it's not anything that's super rare or even expensive. It just looks really, really cool. And it kind of has like a museum quality to it. It's actually a brick from the Northern Michigan Asylum. And it's actually called a Markham brick because of the, the brickworks that are where it was made. And that's, uh, it just has a lot of, uh, of special meaning to me because I went up there with my girlfriend a few years back and we spent some time up there and they gave, they were at the time were giving these tours of the tunnels underneath of the asylum and in the gift shop you can actually buy a brick and it was only like ten dollars so it's it's not expensive at all i mean the cloche that it's in is more expensive but it just has this quality about it it's a conversation starter and it has like this uh, a bit of a darker history behind it being a brick that was in a building that was part of the insane asylum that i'm sure is now haunted did anything come home with it uh, thankfully not, knock on wood. I mean, I always think about stuff like that. And uh, out of all the people that would uh, would appreciate a haunting, I've, I've never lived any place that's haunted. So, so okay. and I don't, I don't know how I, I would deal with it if, it if anything did, though. So, so there's I, that. I do. Supposedly, yep. supposedly my house is. And uh, I did have a lot of things happen. Um, not... Not recently, it's, it's been a little while, but um, yeah, there's definitely some things. There's definitely an urban legend in town about the house that I live in. And, uh, but you know what, stuff would happen. It was never really, it was never really scary. Um, <coughs> really, never really like a malevolent type thing. Um, maybe we'll talk about that on a, another show. <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd love to hear that. Um, this is one that I've shown on social media before. This is um, kind of like if you're a, a, a wrestling fan, this would be kind of like at one time was kind of like the Holy Grail. This is an Undertaker autograph. For the longest time, this guy never signed anything. He was always in character, never signed autographs. And so to get his autograph was like the pinnacle of, of wrestling collectability. But over the years, as he's gone closer, gotten closer and closer to retirement or what he says is retirement, uh, he's been a, popping up in more trading card sets. And so once what once was like an unattainable grail is, is pretty readily, readily available. But it's something I've chased since I was young because wrestling and horror, I mean, they go together with that character. I mean, he's like this undead mortician character that, you know, you know, shoots lightning out of his fingers and, you know, choke slams guys. So like what, what year, do you, what year is that from about? That's a 2017 tops undisputed card. Okay. So it's a few years back. Um, uh, and it's, it's graded. So it's in the slab, it's graded nine mint. So there's only one grade higher than that. That's a gem mint 10. And, um, that's probably like a gem mint 10 is like a thousand dollar card. Easy. The nine is, is pretty reasonably priced. Wow. Yeah. And that's cool. And then uh, we can talk about wrestling uh, before, before we uh, end the show. Too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of wrestling, I actually have 
and this kind of hits on uh, wrestling here in Michigan. I have some actual um, unused tickets to um, big time wrestling. We were talking a little bit about that earlier. This is from uh, the Sheik's promotion down in Detroit. And to find these unused like this is really rare. Um, the guy that I actually bought them from on eBay um, after I did a little digging turned out to be the Sheik's son. So I uh, sent him some messages just kind of talking to him about his dad and asking him questions, but he never got back with me. So so is, is that, I'm trying to think of, what, what, <clears throat> so his son, I'm trying to think of his name. He was also uh, Captain Eddie George, right? I think so, yeah. Unless he's got more than unless he's got more than one son, which he might. So, and that's another thing about his about the sheik. He was really protective about his private life. So there's not a lot known about what he you know what he was like outside the ring, other than he was always in character. Yeah, I just recently watched a uh, shoot interview with his nephew Sabu. Oh yeah, and, Sabu. Yeah, and he said they he said they that they all called him the sheik. They all called yeah. him sheik. Even, even his, you know, all of his family members, except yeah, that maybe his sister or somebody, but said the rest of them, you know, he wanted to be called the sheep. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was one of those guys where he was that character all the time. And that was like his commitment to the business. And I thought that was, that was kind of cool because you don't see that level of commitment anymore. You almost see people trying not to stay in character just to appear cool and i think a lot of that happened during like the mid to late 90s with the whole monday night wars where people were coming out under their own name and exposing the business and stuff and and so for him to to continue on with that was was pretty was pretty incredible yeah it it is i mean at this point as far you know with technology and the internet and stuff it'd be pretty pretty tough to do yeah, yeah, it would be interesting to see what a guy like him would be like in this day and age. I, I can imagine he would uh, he would have a much tougher time now than he he did back then. So, is your is your main focus kind of um, horror and wrestling then, or or is it more of like a, a hodgepodge of of other things too? Um, it's mainly horror, wrestling, video games, comics. So yeah, kind of a little bit of everything. Um, so it's just a matter of just finding stuff that kind of speaks to me and and, and, and tracking it down. Yeah. yeah. But what's uh, um, this, what's your favorite horror movie of all time? Favorite horror movie of all time, um, probably Halloween. Okay. Yeah. It goes I, I, in and out, but but for the most part, general consensus, Halloween definitely. I would have that up there too. Yeah. I mean, there's times where the mood will strike me and it'll be something different like Night of the Living Dead or The Exorcist, but but for the most part, Halloween's the, the number one be-all. Night of the Living Dead would be up there with me with me as well. Yeah. Kristen, what's your favorite horror movie? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't even know. What was the one where it was um, Freddy vs. Jason? Like, I thought they did such a good job on that movie, and you guys all probably think I'm super lame, but they killed it. I didn't hate it. It was so no. good. It was it was a fun movie. Um, I think they could have done a little bit more with Freddy, because if you go back and watch that movie, he doesn't actually kill one single person in that movie. Oh, wow, I didn't even, man, now I'm gonna yeah. have to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw it at the theater. 
and I and I think I was me and my buddy that I saw with. I think we were the only ones in there. Um, I could be I could be confusing that though with Jason X. Oh yeah, oh, that geez, was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could see you being the only one in the theater for Jason X. Right, <laughs> it might have been that one. But no, uh, this poster here, I, I've actually posted on social media. This is from um, Traverse City up at the State Theater. This was, they had ran a movie marathon back in 2019, a Halloween horror-thon. Wow. It was one of those things where this is, it's like a one-of-a-kind thing, and I bought it in a basement sale for a buck. And it's, wow. it's really well-printed, and it's on, like, Mylar. And so it's just one of those things where I really like when local places do something like this, where they have their own little spin on things where you'd see like something like this or like old drive-in posters and flyers and kind of like stuff that wouldn't be available internationally or, or even in the next town over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I mean, that's awesome that they would even have that, you know, to commemorate. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cause I mean, most places wouldn't put the effort in. They'd have like a, eight by 10 piece of paper print out saying here's this and this and this and here's the price come and check it out so yeah it's pretty cool that they did that now what, what are your thoughts on halloween three because i defend it i always defend it um but you know obviously a lot of people hate it for whatever reason but uh I think most people hate it because Michael Myers isn't in it. If they can get past that, it's actually a pretty decent and original horror movie. It's, exactly. it's weird, and it's not going to appeal to everybody. But, I mean, isn't that kind of the point of when you have a, a movie is to try to make something new and different? Yeah. And yeah, I think that if they get past the point that, yeah, Michael Myers isn't in it, then, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty weird, very original and kind of, kind of creepy movie too so it's 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 well done and yeah i think that's i think it needs and then and it's and it's gotten a lot more credit over the years i think for a long time especially in the late 80s early 90s people kind of you know dumped all over it but i think over the years it's kind of clawed its way back up and kind of stands stands on its own that's true I, and i i have seen a lot more merchandise as far as that movie goes lately Oh yeah, yeah. Those those three masks have been ju become just as iconic as the as the Myers mask almost. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and hey, Tom Atkins. You never go wrong with Tom oh, Atkins yeah. being the. Yeah, Atkins. Yeah, Atkins is the man. I mean, everything he's been in, and and that's what's cool about him is he's never shied away from being in horror movies and. There's certain actors that as they get older and they get more distinguished or they get a little bit more important, they uh, they shy away from horror movies. And uh, it's like, no, man, stick to your guns, man. That's where people that's where people remember you the most from and they love you. So. So uh, do you have anything, um, anything right near you that 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 you've created yourself? That's handy yeah. Um, no big deal. Yeah. I've got this, um, this is, I haven't showed this to anybody yet. This is pretty new. This is, uh, and I'll probably be putting this out sometime in January. This is a new print. Um, it's kind of a drive-in type print, and it's based off of uh, the Lost Drive-In, that's uh, the Lost River Drive-In from Halloween, Halloween 2. Okay. They talk about uh, seeing Michael Myers walking in the field behind the Lost River Drive-In, and I thought, 
What yeah. would the Lost River Drive-In play on a Halloween night in 1978? And I thought oh. something like this would be kind of cool. Oh, that is cool. So kind yeah, of made it with like the back in the day they would use like a, a two or three color process where it would be screen printed and you know real kind of uh, garish Halloween type imagery and so I thought uh, it would be kind of fun to put something like that together. Yeah, yeah, that looks really cool. It looks familiar. Like how, how much? It before. <clears throat> it's weird. <laughs> I doubt you. Well, well, I, mean, I clearly haven't seen it. Maybe before. the style. Yeah, it's it's very style. it's a very familiar style. A lot of drive-in posters from the fifties and sixties had a very similar aesthetic. Okay. So just a lot of the same type of imagery. Yeah, you nailed it. It's super good. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Now, just just for anybody that's going to visit your uh, your website or your yeah. store. Like how how much like that go for on there? That would be fifteen dollars shipped. Oh, nice. Oh, okay, that's not bad. No, because right, I mean, great. yeah, because I mean, I got to figure the the time put into it, and then I have to get them printed, and and the packaging is 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 really important because something like that, uh, especially given the nature of you know the UPS or you know United Postal Service nowadays they're not always super careful about stuff so you have to have like really um thick mailers and make sure that everything arrives in, in good condition because the last thing i want to have happen is somebody orders something they put down their hard-earned money and then they get it in the mail and it's damaged i'm one of those people that it's like super critical about condition on things and so if i get something in the mail that's um dinged up or uh damaged in any way it kind of it really bums me out so i don't want to put anybody else in that situation Um, now I, I've seen some of your, I don't know if you've done, I think you've done more than one, uh, but the one that sticks out of my head is your review of the, of the, uh, Night of the Living Dead card set. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what would you say is your favorite trading card set of all time? If you have one. Probably. And this, and you're, uh, this is an odd one, and it's, it, there's no real frame of reference to it with anything horror-related, but it's the 1989 Topps baseball set. Okay. Um, it, and it's just, it's got a super iconic look to it. It's got kind of like this, like, mid to late 80s kind of flow about it. And I remember getting that set when I graduated from sixth grade my mom got it to oh. me because I, I got good grades. And so I remember that and uh, it kind of has this, it's it's not worth anything. I mean, it's not a rare set. They made a lot of them and there's no like special cards in it. It just has like a kind of an, an endearing place in my heart and just the, the look of the cards when I see them just kind of takes me back to a certain place and certain time. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, you know, a lot of the same stuff uh, that I would put in my in my top, uh, you know, ten stuff that I have or or whatever top tier or what I have wouldn't be would be valuable really to anybody else, but uh, but just for whatever reason has 
as a value to me. Kristen's probably the same way. Well, it's the nostalgia yeah. of it. Takes you back, makes you remember things, and you know, that's what it's about. Yeah, and I think that's what happens as you get older as a collector. You start to uh, gravitate towards things that make you feel something, not so much, oh, if I buy this now, I can turn around and sell it in six months and it'll be worth more money, or you know, this is super rare and no one else has it. It's more or less, I like to have this because it makes me feel something. I think that's really important. For sure. But now, this, is uh, a, this is a trading yeah, we, card that I made. Go ahead. I'm going to say, this is a trading card nope. I made here. This is um, uh, Nathan Basil from Behind the Mask of the Rise of Leslie Vernon. Um, this is one of the last things that I made before COVID hit that I actually was able to meet him and have him sign it in person. So, yeah, that was back in I'm February at Astronomicon. Okay. I'm slacking because that's one of the movies that I that I had on my list and I still have not got around to seeing it yet. I've no, heard a lot of good things. Get, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's a complete deconstruction of the slasher movie about how... Uh, when there's certain tropes in slasher movies where somebody uh so someone slips or when the uh the the killer who's just walking after someone can catch up to them he shows you how all those things come to be and how he prepares the house so that way everything's kind of booby trapped and he's got oh. an advantage over them it's and it's really funny it's actually really funny and it's just really well made, and uh, Nathan Basil does such a good job, and he's such a charming actor in that in that portrayal. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out. Like I said, that's that's been on on my list. Um, now we've touched on pro wrestling uh, a little bit, but one thing that I noticed that uh, when I was looking at the merchandise that you have, the pro wrestling related, it's a lot of like my favorite guys. Um, Bruiser Brody, Abdullah the Butcher, um, and then the local guys too, like the Sheik and Bobo Brazil. Um, now, how do, how do you how do you pick who you decide to make stuff of, as far as that goes, or is it, uh, or are those just kind of like your favorite guys too? Oh, Stan Hansen. Yeah, uh, a lot of it is. It has to do with the type of wrestling that I like, and I like hard hitting stuff that's that's real. Um, I mean, I like the flippy stuff too. You know, I like the, I love the young bucks. I love Kenny Omega. I love the, the athleticism and they do things that no one else can do, but I like guys also that look like they could beat the hell out of you. And then when they're in the ring, they actually do. And so, um, yeah, guys like Bruiser Brody that same, same thing with the, like with the chic, I mean, guys were really protective of their image and protective of the business and made it a point to stay in character and to, and to protect, um, you know, protect the end. Yeah. Did he freeze? You still there? Uh, well, Jack, can you hear us? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, okay. there's a, a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> okay, no, no problem. So, um, so yeah, I agree with you. Is there any guy, like a modern day guy, that you would put in that category? I know that things are different, like way different. They don't really get a whole lot of control over, over what they do as much as they probably did 
did back in the day. Um, but is there any guy that kind of fits that bill right now that's kind of like the hard-hitting, um, what, like a strong style type guy? Yeah, there's actually two of them that I really, really like. Um, and you might be familiar with one of them. His name's Walter. He's um, in NXT UK. Just a really big Austrian dude that just beats the hell out of people. I mean, the dude is stiff as hell. Yeah, I yeah. haven't seen a ton of his stuff, but what I have seen, I really liked. And uh, yeah, and same thing yeah. About him. yeah, the dude, his chops are amazing and so loud and so hard hitting. Um, after a match with him, the dude's chests are just like black and blue. Uh, the dude keeps it real and he's legit. Um, Tomohiro Ishii, who's in Japan, they call him the Stone Pitbull. That dude's a wrecking wrecking ball too, and he's uh, uh, he's squat thick. He has no neck. A lot of guys. Him and John Moxley had a really really hard hitting match last year that was just amazing can you say his name again because i think uh i think there was a little audio glitch there the second guy uh tamahiro ishii okay i mean i do try to keep up with uh yep. with stuff still but i i don't know if i've ever seen him but i will definitely check that out um we're we're running long time. Um, Kristen, do you have any questions that you want to get in before we got to go? Um, I think I'm good. Is there anything that he, you know, wanted to share with us during this or that you didn't get a chance to share? Uh, no, I just, uh, if anybody's looking for any type of commission work that's, uh, you know, you need a, a poster designed, uh, a, a Blu-ray case, a poster for a, a band gig, any type of graphic design stuff, hit me up. I'm open to anything. I like working with other people because um, when you do your own stuff for a while, it kind of gets monotonous. And so once you open up that door and start helping other people kind of get their image out into the world, it's kind of a, a super fulfilling thing. Um, and so right now I've been working with um, some guys over at Strange Films. You should check them out, Strange Film Studios. Uh, very cool guys, very accomplished independent filmmakers. A lot of times nowadays when you see independent films, you can tell it's an independent film because it looks like garbage. Um, but with these guys, it's legit. I mean, they're, they're super talented. And um, yeah, I just, uh, anything that... Uh, you know, piques my interest. I'll, I'll try to, to put it out in the, in the world in a creative way. And I think we should all strive to do that in our own little way and try not to be destructive, especially in the world we live in nowadays, because there's so much uh, awful stuff happening that's well beyond our control. The things that are in our control, we should try to uh, try to make it a little bit better for everybody and uh, help each other out. And have fun doing it and uh, just uh, be open to things and listen to what other people have to say and help people bring out what they have in their head out into the world and uh, you know, just get along, everybody. I know. Everybody love everybody. ELE. <laughs> uh, I do have one. Yeah, exactly. I do have one real quick question that I meant to get yeah. to. Um, I won't get yeah. into what it is, but you and I have both, both have a connection with the local wrestling promotion, IWE, or at least you did. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
did they ever uh, have you ever made anything for them any merchandise or anything or, or did they ever oh yeah approach yeah you? I have uh, yeah that's one thing that I wanted to touch upon thanks for uh, bringing that up but yeah uh, for about a two-year span I was making their their wrestling posters so every month they'd run a show and I would put out their poster for every show and there's a lot of them on my website if you want to check them out and that was really really fun because it was trying to incorporate as many of the wrestlers as I could onto a poster in a centralized theme you know because it would be like the December show which would be a Christmas theme and the October show would be a, a Halloween theme and then you'd have like your your summer shows which would have beach or you know some sort of summer theme and so that was really really fun um, and I've worked with a lot of the guys designing their t-shirts uh, a lot of guys working on uh, trading cards so um, for a while there it was uh, it was going really well and then um, it just the uh, things just started to slack off a little bit and um you know i think once this whole covid thing is over with um we'll probably go back into business and 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 work some more but yeah check out my website jacks-addict.com check out the graphic design section there's all kinds of different posters in there from ids and such yeah hit me up if you need anything well do for sure and j- just a quick plug for them. Um, their uh, Jeff Klaus tribute show that they did um, in the fall is going to be debuting on, on their um, Facebook page uh, and maybe their website. I don't know. On Christmas Day, I believe. So just wanted to get that in there real quick. Thank you, Jack, for being here. We really appreciate it. Um, again, this always happens. We. Uh, we, we barely scratched the surface, so um, this might just be part one of the Jack Magnus interview. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, that would be awesome. And, and like any good horror movie, there has to be a sequel. So, you know, exactly. um, and, and as per the rules, per any horror movie sequel, the body count has to be up. So, um, yeah, so we'll have to we'll have to work together and take somebody out. So. <laughs> All right. Sounds fantastic. Yes, um, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And anybody watching, definitely check out Jack's Attic. You guys have, yeah. And, uh, and we'll talk to you soon, Jack. And Kristen. Um, thank you so much. You guys have a good holiday. You too. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry thank Christmas. And Kristen, thanks again for being here. Um, as always, everybody else, just uh, keep checking the Collection Reflection Facebook page uh, for future updates. And uh, hopefully, like like he was saying, hopefully the COVID stuff gets over here soon or at least gets uh, somewhat back to normal so we can be back in the studio, get back on a regular schedule and all that good stuff. Kristen, you got anything to plug real quick? What's going on? Uh, I just want to ask you about the, uh, who's that? This is my one of my bald cats, Penny. And it sounds like your dog can sense her through the video. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. I, I don't know. She's always barking at whatever. Okay. Um, what's going on with uh, the auditorium real quick? Uh, we're, we're open um, Thursdays and Fridays, 3.30 to 8. Saturdays, 12 to 5. Um, Monday through Wednesdays by appointment. 
Um, I'm still out there picking. I'm still out there bringing new stuff in. So keep 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 checking in. Okay, awesome. Yeah, anybody in the area, definitely check out the auditorium as well. And uh, like I said, just keep checking for updates. And uh, thank you for tuning in and checking out the collection reflection. And we will see everybody the next time. And have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, everyone. Happy Holidays. Yep. Ditto. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone.